We're on, Chris. We're on? Full out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Chris Baca and Jared Truby. We're sitting in the M3 in the top of the parking garage in downtown Santa Cruz. It's hot in here. It's hot in here. No one else is in here. Maybe we'll crack a window. Maybe we'll listen to Nelly. You guys hear that car sound? all your clothes. I am getting so hot. I I want to take the windows off. Sick one. We are in between meetings. We, it's been a big day. It's been a big day. We've had several meetings, several interviews. Yes. With some local papers, which has been radical. Super fun. Super fun to talk about what you're all about. And super thankful that they want to reach out and chat with us. Yep. And we have another phone conference in about 45 minutes. So we're going to get down. Yeah. First and foremost, though, let's let's all give ourselves a, a, what do we call that? A digital round of applause. We got all of our permitting approved. So we are about to build this mother out for real. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah, we got our environmental health sign off, which was kind of the last thing hanging over our heads. And we are pumped. Major pumpage. Major pumpage. Uh, <laughs> Bill and Matt at San Franciscan wrote many letters to the county on our behalf. San Franciscan is a hot company. Y'all need to get on with them. Yeah, you should check them out. So we're stoked. And in other news, starting the 27th, we're going to be doing an ongoing pop-up. So, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I work a couple days a week at a bake shop on the west side of Santa Cruz called Companion. They make the most sickest bombest pastries you've maybe ever had very nice pastries and i've had all the ones that everybody else talks about so yes they are as good as tartines I pastries get it. yeah 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 i got you and other good companies they are closed on mondays but not on the 27th the squad there aaron who's the owner is rad she's like you guys should just pop up here on mondays and we'll try it out so yeah starting the 27th we're gonna be there myself jared charles our coffee roasted We've got some espresso R&D happening right now, and it's tasting phenomenal. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. So you guys should come down. We're going to be there every Monday starting the 27th from 7 in the morning till 1.30 in the afternoon. Afternoon. The early afternoon. From uh, then until we open up our store. So uh, we would love to have you. Super sick. And friends, we'll have some whole bean. We'll have some of uh, some coffee. And uh, yeah, pretty much and some pastries from Companion as well. Yep, they're doing a nice limited menu for us. It's going to be sick. Fantastic. Uh, quick Kickstarter update. We're submitting design designs late this week. Slash, well, no, by the time you're listening to this, they will be submitted. So we'll have some merch on the way. Yep. Or in the works, it, yeah, I should say. Not on the way. But printed and made. In the works for those of you who donated, which we're stoked on. Yeah, thank you. shirts and some mugs. We're we're amping. Yeah. We actually sent out the email for those shirt sizes, so uh, hopefully those are all in, because that's the only holdup on the shirts, is all y'all sizes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was going to give you the shirt, but they never gave me the size. They never gave me the size, yeah, so I, uh, I just gave them all extra larges. I kept them all for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know I couldn't do that, Dave. <laughs> Dave? I'm going to race them. Sometimes you just gotta race. Sometimes you just gotta race. It's all there is to it. All right. Uh, yep. Let's get into that. Q&A. We got a, we got a quick a couple of questions. We got some things we're gonna holler at you. This first one's tight. I really like it. It's from a man named Christopher. He says, "Hey guys, first and fo- foremost, I'd like to thank you. Your podcast. So much other information out there, but two of you on the internet has helped me cultivate my craft. Well, you're welcome, Christopher. Sick." I just took to Kickstarter and congratulations. Stoked to see that you met your goal. Can't wait to come to Santa Cruz for that hot bean. Come on by. We got your back. His question. 
As I get more experience under my belt, I'm seeing a lot of missteps from cafes on social media wherein cafes will project a certain image to the public at large, but that image isn't reflected in their cafes. Perhaps I have a different perspective when I go to cafes versus your standard coffee goer, but it has led to a lot of hype that is left unsatisfied. Hopefully I'm not the only one who's experienced this. Cat and Cloud is a bit different because you guys are opening up a storefront after creating an online presence for your company. As you grow beyond the Chris, Jared, Charles trifecta, how do you plan on changing your social media ethos? What advice do you have for coffee companies to create a better connect, better connection between their social media identity and the customer experience? Just jump into it, Chris. I know you're so passionate about this that I'll follow you. I think about this a lot. It's all and he I, thinks about. Yeah, I think about it a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and I have kind of two bullet points. And one thing I want to get away out of the way really quickly is what advice do you have for coffee companies to create a better connection between their media identity and their customer experience? I don't even think most people want to or even care about that, sadly. And I think it's depressing. I think social media has a lot to do with seeing what's hot in the trend compartment and then jumping onto that and gathering those followers and going from there. I do not like that, but I don't think a lot of people think this way. I get you. So for me and for us, I think social media should always be a reflection of what you do. And if you are so not proud of what you're doing that you have to cultivate this fake image on social media, I think that's kind of disgusting. It's a bummer. And it means you're not doing the right things. It means you're not connected to your own brand is kind of what it feels like to me. Well, it means like you're doing something that's subpar, but trying to make up for it by acting like you're doing something amazing, right. which instead you should actually be focusing your energy on just doing something amazing, chronicling that and sharing that with the world mm. because that's what you're really doing. Right. So if you have to play dress up for your social media, you're doing it wrong. Now, that doesn't mean like. You could check out our Instagram or my Instagram or whatever, and I'll definitely set up photos, but I won't set up photos of things that I'm not doing. So if I'm right. brewing coffee, I might take an extra 30 seconds or a minute. Set up a cam. Set up a camera. Get take the a, shot. Take a nice shot of it. Make it look clean because, you, you know, you want it to be – you want social media to be a beautiful place where people can experience, like, the best of your brand. Like you see me rolling. But we <laughs> – <laughs> That's a quick shout out to Chris's OCD video. <laughs> Go follow real Chris Bach on Instagram and check out the most ridiculous things you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, I mean, if you look at any of the stuff on the Cat and Cloud Instagram, those are just pictures of what we've been doing. And, you know, sometimes they're not all epically edited DSLR shots, and right. that's fine. Sometimes it's literally just... We're doing this quick run and gun video because that's how we feel and that's how we are. Or maybe this is not hyper produced, but it's overly fun and ridiculous because we were feeling fun and ridiculous. We were in a mood, but and it's it, supposed to reflect who you and your company are and what's going on. And you're ideally you're getting people to actually connect with who you are and not just showing them pictures of what comes out of your company and and not even what comes out of your company authentic authentically. It's like only the best opportunities from your company only like the best foot forward that you possibly could put on the one picture well it's kind of like that if you you've worked for we've experienced this in the past to where you work for company x you know day-to-day -day operations happen and go in and out and then let's say on tuesday you find out that you're going to have a really special visitor come by right the roastery or the oh cafe or wherever 
And then everyone goes into freakout mode. They're like, oh, my gosh. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say James Hoffman because yeah. he's like a coffee celebrity star. He's guy coming in comes with Doug mind. Zell. James Hoffman's coming in with Doug Zell, Stephen Morrissey. And Scott Rayo. And Scott Rayo is driving them all there. In a Ferrari. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh. You got to clean up the wrist. We got to do extra sweep. We got to do extra this. We got to make sure we triple check our dial and we got to make sure that everybody understands the spec that the espresso is going in at. Yeah. Here's and your here's your lines. When they come in, here's your is, lines. This is what you have to do. And then it's like, okay, why are you not doing that every day? Right. You know, why don't you set up a system to where you're executing on those things day in and day out? And that's just the norm so that when people come to visit, you don't even have to worry about it. It's like, yeah, we're doing our best. We're kicking ass and that's it. And I feel that same way with social media. If you don't feel comfortable putting out there for the world the things that you're doing on a daily basis you're probably doing the wrong things yeah. you should not look at the internet to fix your problems you should look inside and be like okay i'm not proud of what i'm doing what can i do to change that how can i step up my game on the day-to-day mm. so that when i do chronicle that day-to-day i'm proud of it and i'm excited about it and right. i don't need to hire like a photographer or, you know set up 36 cacti in a row just to make it make it jump off but they are good cacti there's good cacti out there and then, you know <laughs> I, I i do like succulents so i just don't want to take pictures of them all the time i hope that helps i think that's i mean definitely people have an idea of what's going on in our brains that's for sure when it, with it when it comes to that and then he's asking about when we when we grow beyond the three of us and I, again just, same thing i yeah. want to be so proud of our employees in our cafe that we can just continue to chronicle what we're doing and maybe it's not pictures of myself and jared and charles but maybe it's pictures of our baristas or whoever's roasting our coffee or whoever's doing awesome things for us the community around us well i mean there's also there's something that i don't like about a lot of companies social media and it's that it's always like okay it always is with the intent to quote unquote sell something on it's always about selling and like i don't i kind of just don't like that in general and here's why like selling to me shouldn't be based around pitching anything selling to me should be a reflection of something that you're doing and it should sell itself and so a lot of the times what you see is i mean and i've fallen victim to liking some of these photos but it's just like here's a picture of me roasting and actually for example i put a (laughs) a ridiculous video from our roast day that yeah it does have a picture of us dropping our roast into a bucket but it's also it was a Tuesday, and I was singing that ridiculous song about going up on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. But, I mean, that was like a reflection of me doing something I love with my friend Chris over here. And that, to me, holds a lot more weight and connectivity than here's another picture of somebody dropping a roast into a bucket and then saying, this is Gabriel Medina's special blonde roasted at this crack and this thing and this thing. And it's like, okay. I could look at like a hundred different websites of different pictures of somebody dropping a coffee roast, or I could actually see a weird video of this dude, Jared roasting coffee, but I actually kind of connect that this guy's goofy and like has a little something to him. Right. Even though that you're saying, even though that farm might be awesome, that coffee might be awesome. You don't have any frame of reference other than there's coffee in a roaster. I've never had this coffee because I'm looking at this post halfway across the world or across the and country. Everybody's got the best coffee on everybody's their Instagram. Everybody's got the best coffee, and everybody's got pictures of batches dropping. And it always tastes like pineapple and blueberries and chocolate, and it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think people our pictures with people are definitely powerful. People help a lot. Because that's what you're really trying to do is have someone connect with your brand. And, yeah, like we're all about coffee. That's why we have a coffee company. That's why everybody else has a coffee company because they love coffee. But I feel like that's a given. There needs to be 
a little bit of something extra in the mix, right? There needs is to just yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Something I, just, to grab I want onto. something that makes me feel something and seeing pictures of basically almost everybody's business on Instagram just shows me pictures of stuff. They're kind of like more the same than they are different. Yeah, sadly it's just like that boredom spot in my mind that shouldn't be there equals me flipping through and looking at pictures. And I'm like, "Oh, cool picture of the ocean. Oh, cool picture of coffee. Oh, cool picture of pastry next to coffee." <laughs> you know, they're like, right. I'm like, there they all are. Well, like, what story are you telling? I think about this a lot in the context of video, because right. something I like to do is a hobby, and then we kind of did a little bit more with the Kickstarter stuff. But there's anybody has access to like a DSLR camera. Gear is incredibly cheap, right? And there's people who are the gear hounds who are like, okay, I got to get this full frame sensor camera or I got my black magic or whatever. And they got all the really expensive prime lenses and everything. And that's cool. They can produce really high quality video. But in my mind, that's not what video is about. Video is all about telling a story, right? And just because you have all that cool gear doesn't mean you're going to tell a good story. So spend your time thinking about the story that you want to tell, what you want to share. And you can do that with an iPhone. You know, you can do that with a really crappy camera. That's not what it's about. Right. It trips me out, too, because you think about the people that are looking at your Instagram or your Facebook and all the majority of the people that look at my stuff and that are whatever friends with me on the Internet don't actually ever see me in real life. And the vast majority of them will probably not come into my cafe on the day in and day out. And so for me, there's also that it's like, what is the return on you pitching all your stuff super hard and like maybe stressing or spending the time putting all these things together? What's your return in sales on that stuff? And a lot of times the people who are going to come to your cafe every day are going to come to your cafe or go to your website. They're not going to necessarily be like, seeing for the first time or hearing for the first time through your Instagram. In our case, it's slightly different because we don't have a cafe open right now. Right. But once we're open, I would say the majority of the things that happen, promo alike, are going to happen and be heard from first by people who come in and hear it word of mouth and versus the internet. So you might as well like add that to your, I don't know, to the way you think about your Instagrams and your social media. Yeah. And I, I reference Instagram all the time because that's really mostly the social media that I play with yeah i do that too i use facebook like a little bit and like twitter like a little bit right and snapchat some yeah i've been snapchatting but Instagram's really my favorite yeah and i mean that's just i also find it interesting because twitter is hot and was hot but it's it's like in a place now where to get a lot of followers takes a ton of work and if you weren't in early then you don't have as many followers it's just a huge network and i don't know it's it's weird the world is a visual place now so i understand the draw to taking a lot of pictures but i don't like the idea of just taking pictures to fill space and you know i don't know i always have something that i think about when i post a photo whether it's funny or like meaningful but i, I want it to be more than just like here's a product Right. That's all. I'm just going to keep reverting back to that statement. Which we do, which we do a little bit of that to be like completely honest and fair. Like when we get new runs of tampers in and stuff like that. Yeah. We put those products up on Instagram to let people know that they're on the site. Totally. So I love those things. So yeah, no, they're sick as hell, dude. They're tight. I mean, we totally believe in that. Yeah. We do put out new products and for online. That makes sense because we only sell online right now as well. And we still will. Um, But I do. I get that. Anybody who has a web store, it's, it's definitely worth putting your products up i think yeah. maybe just put them up in a way where it looks nice i guess <laughs> make them look nice yeah, yeah it's definitely okay to have intentionality in your social media but i just think yeah everything follows what you do in my mind you know 
What do you do? What would you say <laughs> you do here? I work with the GD I customers. The customers. <laughs> I'm a people person. I'm a people person. So I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, it was definitely a good 15-minute rant on us, on social media. Yeah. So I don't know. Paris, ran, Periscope I'll, down, you guys. I'll rant all day on social media just just for fun. I'm just having a, a, a nice lemonade over here. A nice little nice little tea. Mm-hmm. All right, we have another question. He's, wait, where is this? Okay, here we go, here we go. Have a question that I'd love to get your opinions on as your beliefs seem to line up with my own. Great. All of my coffee idols, including you guys, <laughs> that's awesome. Always mention that when hiring employees for your shops, that the individual's personality, enthusiasm, attitude, etc., are the most important aspects to consider when hiring. Can you suggest the types of questions, answers, and or signs you ask, expect, and look out for to get an accurate read of a candidate's qualities? I've sat in with a manager of shop I work at during interviews, and I got a good feeling from candidates, but after hiring, have noticed that they don't perform as my ideal employee. Thank you so much. Okay. We talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. On our last episode. In our last episode. And I wrote back to this person. And we can, I'll just go into what I said. And then you yeah. can, you can play I'll riff you. that. Yeah. And how I think of this is it's really less about the questions that you ask. And more about how that person's answers on any given questions. And how you as an employer interpret that answer so right. when we had the podcast before and we talked about values that we hold dear and mm-hmm. using those as kind of like a lens or a looking glass to filter through the answers of the questions that's what we're talking about it's, right we don't really have any earth-shattering questions no not really at all we're just seeking answers that are going to lead us to say yes you have these values or no you do not and without that lens of values or truths or whatever you want to call it then any question is pointless because you don't know how to interpret the answer yeah you need to have a reason behind what you do and whether it's business philosophy mixed with you know your values you can you can ask somebody something and have them respond and be like oh yeah that actually lines up with our business philosophies and values or you just ask them that standard question of like tell me a time that you and a coworker had a fight and you figured it out and they're like well this one time i did this that and the other and you're all cool i'm glad you did that like, wait, why did I ask that question? Right. Or if one of your, let's say one of your values is teamwork. Right. And you go through the whole interview process, whatever questions you decide to ask, and the person you're interviewing never once mentions working with another person or, or using a group to solve a problem. Right. You can pretty well assume that they don't hold teamwork in high esteem, yeah. so they might not be a good fit for what you're trying to get out of them. Right. It all comes down to intention over and over again. And and it also will make that um, that interview process uh, easier for somebody else to conduct besides potentially yourself. I, I also see that you said you're sitting there with this person and you're, you're getting the interview and they get hired and they're not a great fit for your team. That could also mean that your team or your values as a leader don't line up with the, the hiring manager who you're sitting in with and... That could be a big red flag for your entire company, potentially. Um, but again, I can't really speak to that because I don't know what, what company you work for and what's going on there. But if the person gets interviewed and hired and they're not a good fit, then there's something missing in the interview process. or there's some specificity missing where you can't pinpoint whether the person's a good fit or not. Feel you. So there's that. 
<laughs> I just think that's a big one. Yeah. Because, no. I mean, if I could not make a decision, there's so many people who can interview. So I've, I've experienced it myself at other companies. I've sat in and I've been like, yeah, this person just crushed the interview. And then they're an absolute terrible employee, nightmare employee. And I'm like, man, if this company or these people would have only put together some company values so that we could have been like, yes, no, et cetera then we would have maybe not made the same decision versus like, man, this person's really charismatic and fun. I like them. We should hire them. <laughs> I feel you. I'm scrolling through these questions right now. Yeah. And I got so confused. Let's just jump in here. The boutique. This, this is a huge question. So it's going to be really, really long and crazy. So hold on to your butts. The boutique aspect. Where is the line? Where does it end? <laughs> Before the topic, I wanted to talk a little to you guys, a little to what you guys spoke about, acquiring more tasting, broadening the palates. Makes sense. I have to say that personally, I either pick up things ridiculously fast or very, very slow, <laughs> and it gets me into trouble. People either think I'm some sort of wizard genius, obviously, or completely draft, <laughs> and it's completely frustrating. But not to get sidetracked too much, the example is when I worked in cigars, I smoked them for maybe a year, getting up to about three a week. Then I worked at a shop for two months, going through anywhere from fi three to five a day. Rarely five, mostly three, he says. But I was able to capture transitions, flavors, the smoke textures, the look and feel how it would carry over to flavor. With coffee, I've been drinking for 10 years, albeit only about four of those later years were anything good. And only maybe a year or two of some really going for that delish coffee. So I would say that I still don't have a proper grasp of coffee. My equipment is a bit unusual. I have a hand grinder. I have a Pavoni. I borrowed from my friend for six-ish months. Now I usually either pour over Hario, glass, and kettle, but mostly AeroPress, but I tamp down the grinds, which gives a stronger flavor. Oh, that's an interesting move right there. So it's definitely a mixture of equipment and palate experience, and although... I should have done a collab and discussion with my roasting profiles and barista forum and stuff. <laughs> but I will when my Ikawa roaster comes in. Okay. A lot of name that's drops the, that's on That's the preface <laughs> right there. A lot of name drops on equipment. Now, I have to say, and more to ask. When Elixir was mentioned, I read an article on Eater about it, and it really made my soul cringe. I agree with Baca that it's a good intro to coffee and would help clarify the flavor, but how far does that Vogue hole go? Information shouldn't be so garnered and guarded, and I know you guys share that view, the one-in-one one he writes in parentheses, but the article went on and was just like 100 miles an hour, like, whoa, good and bad. But as a scientist, I'm actually trying to replicate it, not the nonsense about sound wave extraction, but I have a couple batches being quote-unquote brewed vacuum cold extraction. The point is, where does that high-end boutique part stop for you guys? Will Baca grow a pencil mustache like Captain Hook? Or will reason stand to just stop happening. at fancy hats and large feathers? That leads me to this ramble. Separating pretentiousness from good coffee, the barista struggle of humility. I mean, obviously, I want to see a beautiful roaster behind glass doors, but would most people, I mean, hell yeah, coffee people would get a kick out of it. Cool. But I think what people really want to see is something beautiful in the cup and an environment and are likely not are likely not care about the application of a building or it being green, though a plus, but the emotion it brings out from within themselves from seeing it, the idea of who you are and what you're trying to portray. Okay. Whether it's from the building, the view, the sourced ingredients, the milk, 
personally the most important thing teamwork like a symphony or crew and everything else comes together like ice cream and fudge sauce which is a question to you i hear you guys on the pod and from what i hear i can guess you're very genuine human beings but what are you looking for in your team okay now we're coming together <laughs> i was like where's the Besides question <laughs> people who can man the shop pardon the phrase pushing out top quality service and equally worthy coffee that was deep in the game what the hell man you got a lot of thoughts in your mind you gotta soundboard some of this stuff peeps so for whoever wrote that that was long and thank you for taking the time to write in yeah to everyone listening yeah. i'm sorry i didn't proofread that more that's, uh, that's my bad there were a lot of things in there um i think it's a little gosh well, just take it into parts you know break it down Okay, where does the high-end boutique part stop for you guys? You know, he talks about Elixir, and I think he's referring to... He's referring to her not sharing how she makes it. Yet, her not right? sharing how she makes it. So right. she doesn't share how she makes it, and that's that's her call. And, you know, Lee's pretty rad, so I, I'm not going to hold anything against her. And to me, that's not, like, really boutique-y. That's someone who it's has a whole different proprietary thing. information. And that's not really our game, but it's a totally different totally different it's thing. like a different experience i mean it'd be like somebody it'd be like one of the first people who figured out how to caramelize coffee and not make it taste roasty trying to use it to their advantage maybe or something like that and like we've moved way past that but those people at the beginning like those starbucks and pete's when they broke ground on like that kind of coffee and espresso they probably weren't sharing exactly how they did it at first and people figured it out so i think you're a scientist you're smart you can figure it out and i'm like okay with some of that stuff we want to share things, but like we're not angry at everybody in the world for not sharing their information, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with it us. It has really. zero to do with us. Yeah, <laughs> so everybody makes their own thing. And I think what he's asking is, you know, where does the high-end boutique part stop for you guys? I mean, we will serve the things that we are proud of. Maybe we're not a boutique, bro, and I'm actually happy to either. say that we're not. Well, that's where I'm going, and where I'm going with that is, you know, maybe some of the stuff that we serve is going to be cutting edge and cool but maybe some of it won't be maybe some of it will not be trending when we're doing it yeah maybe some people will not like what we're doing but i mean the one thing that we talk about is just always being true to ourselves and the things that right. we like and if we're not like a uber high-end boutique that's actually not important to us at all <laughs> yeah whatever we don't bro. even care <laughs> if people are talking about the 10 most cutting edge coffee shops in the u.s and we're not one of them totally fine yeah, I'm okay with not having a nice a-hole bleach at my shop. <laughs> yeah, because we're going to win in so many other areas, and our focus is on so many different things other than just yeah, I mean, really high-end techie coffee stuff. I mean, we're more about developing employees and right. creating a culture where people can grow not only in, you know, hopefully have some sort of career, but really rich experiences. Right. And when people do leave our store, they... They've got all the skill that they can use in whatever they want to apply it to in or outside of coffee. So, I mean, all that stuff, yeah, I'm, we're kind of jumping to the last part of the question about the kind of what we want out of our people. And, uh, I mean, oddly enough, world, you do want your staff to just crank out drinks a lot of the time and be awesome at the same time. But that's how you know you're being a successful business. When you're busy and your team has to be able to be amazing at service but also crank out drinks that's when you know you're a successful company for me and i can't wait for that to be the case but as chris said we want to be able to teach people beyond that we want them to be able to handle the pressure and excitement of just cranking quality drink after quality drink out to the to the public but we also want them to be able to learn how to 
to roast coffee and source coffee and run a company and schedule and manage cost of goods and inventory and all those things. And so the kind of people we're looking for are the people, first of all, who want to work with a team who are willing to be really open and honest about um, processes and and growth and share that growth with us and fail with us and freaking succeed with us. And then they ultimately can be the people who will grow um, our business. It's, I mean, our business is not going to ever grow just because Chris Charles and I are, are starting one. It, it's going to require us to bring on people who want to grow as well. And that's in all walks, not just business. It's, it's individual growth. It's professional growth. It's, it's everything. Skill, technical growth. So, I mean, those are the kind of people we're looking for, ones who are willing to jump on and be teachable and also be able to really come alongside us and grow with us. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we learn a bunch of stuff along the way. I really hope that I learn from people we bring on. So yeah, if we didn't, that would be a bummer. That would be a super bummer. <laughs> and we'll find ways to educate ourselves uh, outside of our business if we have to. The tree grows above ground, but the roots penetrate deep deep so deep and so wide so deep there's so much more to life that you can't see (sighs) they suck nutrients (laughs) (laughs) full-on nutrient sucker should we get one more in yeah bro get one more in all right this is a uh, write-in from uh i'll keep it anonymous just in case so my name is blank and i currently do blank at a blank coffee company it's been an incredible journey throughout that process and has been highly informative recently my wife and i have felt the pull closer to family blank Blank. She found a job near her hometown back in blank. My heart has always been to someday operate my own cafe and doing it in a place that I love that doesn't have a ton of specialty coffee would be an absolute dream come true. Word up. My wife and I have begun to put together a business plan and develop our values, etc. I've enjoyed the article on pop-ups in the most recent Barista Magazine. That's JT over there. And would love more thoughts you guys have on how to successfully get something new off the ground without deep diving into debt or being personally wealthy seems to be a bit more of a process and the way that you guys have went about it is super encouraging for me to see since there seems to be hope with heart and passion behind it. We are looking at a model that would start as a pop-up, operate part-time on a college campus. It's interspersed with a thriving downtown area with many pedestrian walkways while also offering our services for events such as weddings. Once we save money doing lower cost pop-up services, we hope to crowdfund to help further our initial startup costs to open a brick and mortar store in the heart of downtown blank using what i've learned and continue to learn operating in a high volume cafe in x city i am super excited about the prospect of bringing excellent products most importantly excellent customer service and values to the midwest where i'm from not sure if i've even asked a question here i guess i would love your thoughts and processes on how you developed your values and mission to go with your business and any pointers or guidelines on how to begin, aside from hard work and a whole lot of crazy. I think uh, <laughs> I think he or she is onto something. He right yeah. is onto something. I mean, he's good in that way. He is wise when it comes down to the ability to fund the project in moving away from um, major metropolitan areas where it is quite a bit busier. I I recently went um, back home to my old old hometown Chico and was doing some consulting there. And I was thinking to myself, man, like the ability to open a business here is so much more attainable than it is in Santa Cruz where we're doing it. And we want to be in Santa Cruz, but the lack of expense comparatively is like it's major. And so you don't have to save as much money to do that. And that's awesome. Rent levels down per square foot. And 
So, I mean, start saving. That's the first thing, which I know you guys are already doing. You also run the risk on the flip side of that of not having a lot of customers. Base. So he's yep. talking somewhere in the Midwest. Don't know where. I'm from a small town, too. And what we're doing here would definitely not fly there just because of what the community expects and sheer numbers of human beings who are actually looking into specialty coffee. So being on the front end of a trend can be awesome, but it can also be very scary. Yeah, for sure. You I mean, know, it's definitely, it, it's definitely scary. It's but definitely not something that pans out for everybody. No, and I think that if you've got a really, if you have a lot of passion and energy, and you know that you can get a lot of people on board, um, you have a really good shot. But it's going to take a lot of drive and passion, and it's going to take a lot of push and and kind of a lot of you being like a loudmouth to everybody who comes in in a positive way, like really convincing them that you got something special. And I, I think you can really do it. I think there's tons of opportunity and people hopefully where you go will have heard at least something about specialty coffee in such a way where they're excited about it. Um, and, and obviously get really good at latte art because that's how you get those people who have never seen it psyched. It's true. Yeah. So true. You got to get good at latte art. And then at least if nothing else, you're the place that people can go to get the picture on their drink and offer all the drinks. Do not, I repeat, do not have a majorly limited menu where you do not offer decaf. Do not have a menu where you don't serve chocolatey sweet drinks. Don't take away the syrup either. Have at least one option Go in addition to the chocolate. Yeah, go find out whatever the best current coffee shop is in town. Go ask everybody, get on your Yelp game, find out what they have and make better versions of some of it. And then do stay true to you, but you would be absolutely unwise to not uh, find at least create your own adaptation of something that's already there. Yeah, you're definitely not going to win customers in small town America by restricting their menu. Nope, they're going to be like, "You're an idiot, <laughs> idiota, idiota." Um, yeah, I mean, look at do a full on get your spreadsheets fired up, get Excel fired up. Yep. Look at all your costs. Look at how much rent's going to be. Look at... I don't know if he said he was going to be roasting or not. sounded like no, no based on that right. email. Yeah, he didn't mention roasting, right? No. But what I would say is positive about all this is is that it will... If, if you don't have a lot of cost in starting your business and you and your wife are going to be the ones running it, it doesn't take as much return to make a fairly good living. Albeit, you know, it depends on your cost of rent in life and everything. But that was that's one of the draws when I was in Chico is like rent is so cheap that it's like you don't actually have to make a huge dollar amount to have like a really happy life there. And so I I would encourage people to essentially keep starting businesses in small towns like that as long as you're willing to really, really work hard and maybe also have the ability to plan for like two years. And this is maybe extreme, but plan for two years without making money so that you can have that expectation on the table and beat it. You know, put the expectation to have almost nothing coming in. And then as you're getting money coming in, then it's actually kind of like a bonus to your life versus the other way around of expecting greatness and right. then having a really hard struggle. And and then all that reflects back on your, your quality of service. A lot of what you're going to experience and how this is going to work for you depending on what you're doing in the meantime, is going to be dependent upon your wife. Yep. Because that's exactly... I haven't had a normal paycheck for like two years. Yeah, it's so been a little crazy. I've been working part-time at various different places, all thankful to do so. But my last like proper paycheck was when I was at Verve, and that was a good two years ago. And I would just... My wife works. Yep. 
and she's just floated us for that whole time. So maybe if Some, your wife's got a real nice profession, if your wife's got a real nice job. A you nice might, time. You might be good to go. Um, is she a dentist? Is she a dentist? Is she a neurosurgeon? <laughs> cool. You should open three coffee shops immediately. No, I mean really for for us and my family, and I know Jared did this too. Is just really looking at the way we live and kind of deciding what we can live without and for how long. And that's kind of the trade-off. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that was the biggest sh- shocker to me was I really had to adjust how my life worked. Because I'm, dude, I like toys. I like stuff. I'm not even going to front like I don't. I like spending money on my car. I like buying shoes. I like buying hats and watches and all that stuff. And for the past couple of years, I have basically done that in a very, very limited scale. Because I like buying tacos. Because that's what it, <laughs> that's what it required. So, yeah, your your lifestyle will change for sure. I don't even know if I'm offering any advice right now. To you're be offering with you. you're offering an advice on the expectation to have, and I think honestly that's where people miss a lot. It, they think they forget the part about what kind of expectations do I need to have about my life, and they think about the expectations of money coming from the business and like what to expect with customers and drinks and all that. But almost, I would argue, what is more important is what is life going to feel like while you're on the startup phase and you need to be able to really think ahead and think about all the time you're going to spend at your space and think about the relationships going on outside of that space and the life outside of that space and how you're going to protect specific little amounts of time where you can do those things that energize you that you're going to be able to do far less and be really smart about your health and really smart about your sleep and get more disciplined than you've ever been in your life, which is something I'm working on right now. Dude, double up on health and sleep. Yep. So, so dialed. This is, oh, this is like a big segue into get a it. whole other thing. Get it. So we, maybe we should save it for the next one, but start it now and get them excited. Save it for the next one? Oh, I was just Oh, gonna, go. Just go. Just go. I mean, what are Blast we talking off. about? We're oh, we, almost we 40. in a few minutes? Yeah, we got a meeting in like, are, is that your foot? Okay, that was your foot. That was my foot. I was like, are we in an earthquake right now? This is like dumb stuff that helped go, me. Go, go, go. Morning routine. Morning routine. Get one. Get a morning routine. So my morning routine never changes. It's the same 90% of the time. You just And for me, it's all about getting up. I make coffee straight away. This sounds like something a kid would do, but I put my clothes and my shoes out the night before. So when I get up, I already know what I'm going to wear. So I don't have to waste any mental energy figuring out weird stuff. No, that's a smart. And then I'll do a little journaling at the beginning of the day. And it's... Again, maybe sounds kind of corny to people who don't do it, but I'll write down a list of things that I'm thankful for, mm-hmm. and I'll write down a list of short-term goals, and then I'll write down a list of long-term goals. Boom. The short-term goals are things that I can focus on within the next week or today, and then the long-term goals are things that I'm going to allocate some time towards doing over maybe the next three months mm. or six months. Yep. And maybe I'll write some of those things down for several days in a row and not actually take action on them. But by the fourth or fifth day, I know that I have to put a little bit of time into doing those things. So with you on this stuff? So basically what that's doing for me and how I see that helping out a a business owner is once you start to open a business, everything becomes infinitely more chaotic. And it can feel like you don't have control, but I assure you, you do have control. Yeah, structure there is helping. if you have things that are important to you, it's up to you to make those happen and not run around like a chicken with your head cut off, which is so easy to do, and we all fall victim to doing sometimes. Way easy. But having that intentionality in your life can set you up to just win and crush hard. Get up early, make the list, 
for me, the list is, is similar to yours, but it's what I need to get done today. Right. And then like a couple of the long term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I always definitely some like some like prayer Bible, spiritual jo- journal, whatever. That's that time is all at the beginning with some coffee. Yeah. You got to do get you, up early. You got to do the things that are going to keep your mind sharp and just keep you happy or you're not going to be a good worker mm-hmm. and you're not going to be able to deal with building a business which is super nuts we should definitely talk about this on another episode because that ability to have a list on the day will hopefully allow you to not think about other things because things will come up but having that list of here's what i need to get done today no questions asked will allow you to not necessarily stress about some of the other things that will come up no doubt throughout your day yeah this is protect you this is a whole other episode this is a good podcast we're going to podcast on this next time it is a promise we are about to peel off and go to Talk we to a potential sponsor. In. Two, one. Oh, we're late for our phone call. Uh-oh. Right now, we're going to call in. So, this has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Chris Baca and Jared Truby broadcasting from Santa Cruz, California, parking garage downtown, upstairs. Thank you for being a friend. Down around the world, I'm back again. Hard to know. You're a friend and a confidant. Oh. 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 Oh.